It's on. Oh, boy, we got her cracked open. JC's got a bottle of water on the other side, and welcome back to it, guys. Another episode of The Covert Show. This episode, I believe, is number 81. I had not done my pre-check prior to that, but we are back, ready to roll. I'm Nick, and beside me, I've got my partner, Sean McDonough. Sean, why don't you take it away? Uh, yeah, we're we're on episode 81. The roasting is uh, fresh and underway. As you can hear, uh, the voice cracks are imminent. Uh, we're feeling under the weather in a big kind of way. We were just laughing about the old Michigan State winning on the oh. mishandled puns, and I just tried to reenact it, which, you know, thankfully for you listening, we heard how bad it sounded, so I'm not oh. going to. My voice is somehow shot more than that call. Uh, yeah, so it's that kind of party. So, you know, hopefully there's no voice cracks, but it may be entertaining for you if there is. But there you go. We brought it up, it's, and I was it's like. It's a beautiful day in America. Uh, it's oh. raining outside. It's the end of Valentine's Day. We're just living large. As if it wasn't sad enough. It's raining on the end of Valentine's Day. And this this meteorology report brought to you by, even though it, it's really not, we wish it was, Bush Light. Because we always got to throw that in there. But yeah, no, today we finally got a little bit of moisture in the freaking air. Which, honestly, everybody, I saw my forecast. It was supposed to be freaking snow. Thank God it is not. There still might be some this weekend. We just prayed, wait, uh, we just prayed. wait a day. But, yeah, no shit. But, like, honestly, though, it, it was a pretty nice day. I rocked out in shorts today, honestly. It was 56 Atta degrees. Boy. I rocked out in some shorts, T-shirt. I was good to go. That's the wind very, was a little chilly. Very but... Midwestern of you. Oh, well, it was 56 today. I You guys are lucky that I didn't walk out in my freaking swimsuit and just say, all right, we're getting a suntan on today. Good Lord. Well, you know, I guess you could have technically done that. <laughs> it's a free country, man. We can do what we want. But regardless, we're back. We're recording for you guys. And, yeah, it is Wednesday. It's a good old hump day, as they say on the good old Geico commercials. But currently... On Valentine's Day. A little on the nose. But, you know. <laughs> Holy shit. And there we go. We've made it about three minutes in and got him. We got our first There's click. the There's the innuendo. First internet mul- First internet moment right there. Oh my uh, god! On that note, why Nick recovers? I'm and good. hopefully I don't have a voice crack. I can I can feel one possibly coming <laughs> oh, here. No. We look at that weather forecast. Ah, uh, yeah, I've got something in my throat. What's it to you? Oh my god! Please, <laughs> Valentine's wow. Day is done. We're done. We're good. Done. We're good. Done. Bye. <laughs> you think it's done, but it's not. There you go. You want another one? You like that? You like that? It's, a, it's like peanut right. with Jeff Dunham when he keeps saying, think about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. we, can, we can do this all day long. You're probably not going to last all day, but we can do this all day long. <laughs> and there goes right. whatever woman audience we had. Bye. And there goes everybody. They're like, this is as good as the podcast is getting. We'll see you in 82. <laughs> all right. Weather forecast or weather uh, update, if you will. A lot of winter weather advisories, winter storm warnings to talk about. Not all continuously, but uh, parts of northwest or northeastern California, Washington, and Oregon have an exchange of both winter weather advisories and winter storm warnings. 
Winter storm warnings across Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. Uh, Colorado's got a couple, as does Utah. Here in the great state of Iowa, a whopping seven counties have a winter weather advisory. Could see two to three inches on Thursday night. Oh, damn. Ooh-wee, there's another one. That's what she said on this wonderful Valentine's Day. Oh. Ah, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you thought this was done when you said it was. You yeah, thought this well, was a family-friendly podcast? Fuck no. <laughs> well, out. there's the F-bomb. We officially <laughs> lock it in. Uh, parts of Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan have winter weather advisories. A couple of winter storm warnings there as well. Uh, parts of Vermont and New York have a winter weather advisory. Plus, as it loads, two count, three count, a winter storm watch. Uh, wind advisory, and a small craft advisory as well. Uh, that's a look at the weather forecast. Uh, northwestern parts of Mississippi have some flood watches, also a flood advisory for parts of Tennessee. I I just, I, I, have, a, I have something really sad to say. My camera had a stall. And was not oh. re- was not recording that entire first half of that fucking segment. What the hell? Oh. Well, we'll get the audio clips on it because that's funnier <laughs> than shit. But okay, hold on. We got to make sure that this is going because. Well, Nick asked if I was prepared, and uh, well, apparently he was asking the wrong person. The camera Maybe. was going, and now I believe it's still going. So we're we're just gonna keep it hopefully was rocking. Going. But it's not going, but I've, it is going. I formatted Good the card stuff. prior to this. Like, I don't know what the hell just happened to it. Like, I didn't also press a button. Alaska. Alaska's Alaska got having one. several warnings here. Uh, this includes... Where the hell did it go? Um, gale warning, gale watch, uh, a couple of land hazard advisories, and a land hazard warning as well so there you go that's a full rundown there so alaska if you're if you guys are on on the tilt there you guys better be ready for some gale she's she's uh, coming and she's coming hard uh, (laughs) we're still going on this valentine's day (laughs) well you know we're just gonna see how many we can put in at this point Oh, that was just set me up so easy. I know. I, I had no choice, but that was a slam dunk. We're oh, we're man. sitting here. I oh, this is fun. I don't think we've had such a strong. I don't think we've ever had as strong of an intro to a podcast and first segment as we're having right now. This has been absolutely so just. Silly. I mean, hell, what do you expect? The last week we talked about the do's and don'ts of apparently first dates. And what what better way to, like, actually get into this podcast was last week's was do's and don'ts of first dates. I hadn't even planned that, of just talking about that stuff. Speaking yeah. of which, on this lovely day, do we have a Bumble update? Like, is there anything I going on? Just, I was just looking this up for you. We'll start on Tinder. Oh, God, here uh, we go. <laughs> Because I like to get made fun of on this podcast. I'm, I'm an open roast session, easy, easy like Sunday morning when it comes to roasting. However, getting ghosted and not being talked to is almost as easy. We have one person in the queue, sent them a leave message. You know what I've gotten back so far? Zero. Nothing. Oh. You thought that was bad. 
you know how I've complained about Bumble for a long time? Yeah. There's a good reason. Bumble has had nothing, not even a microscopic, like, pretending to start a conversation. So Damn. the memes keep memeing. Tough. You know, I, everybody listening to this podcast, I'm, I'm not here for the sympathy. I'm here for the memes. I'm, I'm sure I sound like shit, and it's Valentine's Day, so you probably think I'm depressed. I'm not. He's good. We're here for the memes. He's clean. We're here for the memes. We were we talk about this uh, periodically now and then. Um, yeah. So Bumble's a waste of time. Has been. Will continue to be. You know, we're not to the point where we got to get memed on and get like plenty of fish because that one is the. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Bumble's up there, but between plenty of fish and Bumble, those are the two most dog water dating apps out there. Wait, Plenty of Fish is a dating app? I thought it was a saying. Well, I mean, what? it's probably bold. Oh, dude, I was talking about, like, when, when everybody comes up to you and it's the sympathy of, oh, there's Plenty of Fish in the sea, or, oh, yeah, this, well, it's, it's like, uh, it's guys, hold the old. phone. I'm not that deep. It's not that deep yet. Calm down. Plenty of Fish is in a Canadian online dating service, popular <laughs> primarily in Canada, the U.K., the Republic of Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, <laughs> Spain, Brazil. And when you finally get to the United States, eight countries late. No wonder I didn't have any success on it. It's not even like America's not even the primary target. Hold on. Plenty uh, of fish is a main Canadian dating app. Why does that seem so just on the nose? Oh, don't you know? Next, they're going to come up with freaking... Something that has to do with bounties. I can't even think of a of a joke for that. Oh my god! Yeah, well, no. there you go. Plenty of fish. That Good ain't Lord. it. Lord, it no, out it's there. not. But yeah. It's not. Tw- uh, Tumblr, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, <laughs> Tumblr. Now here we go. We were talking about the brain fart that was inevitably going to happen uh, uh, because I've got god. an IQ in the negatives at the moment. Um, <sighs> yeah, there you go. It's not Tumblr. It's not Twitter. Oh, the microphone just spit the bit. <laughs> what? All right, we back. The microphone All just right. decided to disconnect itself. It's not Tumblr. It's not Twitter. It is indeed the other T app, Tinder. Tinder. And Bumble. Oh. Nothing has happened of significance. So the memes Damn. keep on me. Oh. Yeah, that was Boy. quite the moment. Tumblr. I mean, Tumblr. you know, that's. Good might Lord. Might be a better option than plenty of fish, but. Yeah, Tumblr. I don't even know if Tumblr's still around. I mean, I assume it is, but not not what it was at one point. It's probably about the same thing as freaking MySpace. It's just floating around in thin air, and somebody's been dying to bring it up. Probably like the freaking raise energy joke that we had. It's all just gone, done, oh by. We had to. I had to. It's, it's been, been resurrected, resurrected already. Twenty twenty four. Well. Guys, I really don't know what else to, to say for us because this has been probably one of the most, like, <coughs> spastic, chaotic. Yeah, chaotic cold openings we've had to the show. It's like pretty much an episode of The Office where we've just gone off our total rocker here. But also, in just some different news, we'll kind of bring this back to a wholesome point because this was a big part of my childhood. And if anybody had this and still does as an adult, has this as a breakfast, then... You guys know what I'm talking about. But if you don't, currently, we're going through some hard times in America, folks. William Bill Post, the inventor of the Pop-Tart, has passed away at 96. R.I.P. That's... Serious, serious question for you. Oh, here we go. 
do you honestly believe there is somebody in the United States of America right now that has never had a Pop-Tart? Oh, or an offshoot Pop-Tart? No, personally. I, dude... I don't, I don't either. I don't think there's any way you have it through your time in, as, a, no. as a little Jimothy in school <laughs> to being grown-ass adult and having the dumpy-ass off-brand Pop-Tarts. I have to imagine everybody's had at least one. Well, because I know that there are recipes for, like, gluten-free Pop-Tarts out there. So, like, there are ways to make your own. So I'm going to go with the honest answer that, no, I don't think anybody out there has not had a Pop-Tart. And if you haven't, I'm so sorry for this. You're insane. You need to try one. Even Actually, you can't try an off-brand Pop-Tart. You need to try the Pop-Tart. But hold on here. We got to take this one step further. Oh boy! <laughs> what is the best pop tart flavor? Ah, there it is. <laughs> he asks the real question. We're going. We're what going. is? What is? What is the answer here? Personally, what is the PowerPoint. I've got a couple. I. I but I want to hear right. what you go with first here. All right, so hold on here, because I'm going to make sure that the the camera is still rolling. We're good. We're good. We're on it. I feel like between the two of us. I'm not sure we're going to overlap here because my two are like split, if you will. It's not even the same kind of uh, flavor. I don't want to say profile, Jesus. Um, Same flavor profile um, because they're all essentially the same. But I'm pulling up all the flavors now while you uh, let us know. I I have mine all all set out in a – my ducks are currently in a row on this one. So, let's break this down from a fundamental standpoint here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> My top Pop-Tart favorites go, and I'm going from five to five to one here. <clears throat> Holy shit, he's got five? I had like two. Oh, yeah. I'm going off of everything Holy I've had. Smokes, you were prepared for this. Oh, I don't yeah. even know what you're going to ask, man. Oh, yeah. I'm going, number five for me is Hot Fudge, because it was never... It was never, like, always on the table, but I would have one. That's solid. Number four, I'm going with blueberry. Number three. Can't argue with that. I got to go with a good old chocolate chip. Pop-Tart. Okay. Number two, I personally have to, and this is my personal list, but this is my personal top five because I know that I know what number one for everybody else is going to be, and it's very generic. But number, f- uh, where was I? Number two on my wow, list. Wow, yeah. the shit talking has started already, and you haven't even given me your top two. Number two wow, on my you list. Are on fire. <laughs> number two on my list for pop darts is chocolate fudge. And number one on my list. This is my all-time personal favorite, and I will stand my ground on this. This is a hill I will die on. Wild berry pop tart. Done, son. You know, that's interesting. Because I'm as my microphone is just having a moment here. Uh, you know, we never did take a picture of the stand, which disintegrated last oh, time. Oh, God. Um, I'm looking around at some of these Pop-Tart flavors. This is according to www.poptarts.com. According to this, there's 128 flavors, but this thing, it doesn't seem to have them listed. There's 120. Um, what? 
No. Apparently. That seems like they're highballing it a lot. Uh, some of which include frosted apple cinnamon, uh, frosted apple cinnamon apple jacks, yep, frosted I'm banana that bread. Ew. Have, that, that sounds awful. Ew. Frosted chocolatey chip pancakes, frosted strawberry milkshake, sugar cookie, Eggo, blueberry, Boston cream donut, brown sugar cinnamon, cherry, grape, cookies and cream, frosted confetti, frosted chocolate. Then you get into what I'm going to call the naked Pop-Tarts, where you don't actually have any, um, yep. what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not the seasoning. frosting on them. Frosting, there we go. It not seasoning. Frosting on the website. Um... Oh, it does say frosted. That's a good point. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. Brain fart We're just, four. We are just vibing and living life. Uh, simply frosted harvest strawberry, quite sophisticated. Snickerdoodle, unfrosted brown sugar cinnamon, unfrosted strawberry, and unfrosted blueberry. Then there's bites flavored. Here's the, here's the take. I feel like most people agree with this. There is no need for unfrosted Pop-Tart. Valid. Valid. There is no need. They are a breakfast pastry. They have frosting on them. It's the same thing as a damn donut, except glazed donuts. But this doesn't even have glazing on them, bro. Like this? No. Yeah. Nope. I uh, I'm not big on the unfrosted. Maybe somewhere somebody is. Also, I don't know. I feel like if you're in on a pop tart, you're probably not going with that plain Jane of a no of a setup. Also, hot take though. The pop. <laughs> And I don't know if this is a hot take, but the Pop-Tart Bites, low-key smacked. I don't know that. I, I think I might have had them when I was younger, but oh, I haven't had them in so dude. long, I couldn't tell you. The Pop-Tart I'm Bites I'm going for the Pop-Tart, smacks, man. Bro. I'm going for the full uh, two and a sleeve. Yep. The box says you get eight, which is a little deceiving. Technically, you do, but they only get four packs. Yep. So, Bro, they have great um, Pop-Tarts? What the heck? I've been out of the Pop-Tart game in God knows how long. I remember the Eggo ones when they came out with those. What about Boston Cream Donut? What? A solid cream pie donut, if you will. No. No. <laughs> okay, so now, uh, hold on. G -g -g got him! So, oh, that one, you, you didn't catch that one, but that's all right. Oh, that's what oh. But, yeah. I got that one. Okay, now I got it. I'm I'm a little slow today. Okay, so now I gotta ask you, you what thought were you... It was, you thought it was over, but it, it's never over. <laughs> My top five, I'm gonna go in no particular order here. Um you gotta give brown sugar cinnamon cherry. What? Okay, I'll question oh, questions, questions till the no, oh. no 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 the cherry not the cherry Howling. no. I'll I'll get my questions at the end. I'll get my questions at the end. Hot fudge Sunday. Okay. Strawberry, which I know is a very basic pick. The generic. And s'more. S'more was your number one? No, in no particular order. Oh, okay. I was like, I mean, s'more's your number one? Okay. Sunday, hot fudge Sunday or cherry would be number one. Okay. That's a good list. The only one I'm questioning slightly is the brown sugar cinnamon, honestly. Like, I oh, never found. It is so good. And I think it's just because it differentiates off the track of everything else. You know, cookies and cream's one of those that, you know, I tried not to go hyper-generic. You know, a couple of fruit flavors in there probably didn't do a good job of that. Cookies and cream is one you could, that could vie for that top five. Uh, one that 
is good but got really overplayed for me was the chocolate fudge. Yeah. As a kid, had them way too much. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So now, hold on here. I'm going to air myself out on this podcast because we've all been airing ourselves out on this. Because oh, I've made some questionable picks in sports. Wow, he's about to have a deep moment here. So That's a lot I, of <laughs> As a kid, I had like kind of a, I wouldn't say a ritual, but it was more of a pairing. This is the weirdest thing ever, and I don't explain this a lot, but here it is. <laughs> wow, this after is going to be deep. After JC dies. So, oh, yeah, on. I've been trying to move the mic so you can't hear the coughing. It's all right. That, yeah, was, fun. that was perfectly timed. That was dramatic effect. Uh, all right. So I had my Pop-Tarts with a drink of, like, the flavor. And here we go. Crown Royal, baby. No. Firing up. Bro. Dude. No, but we should do that. <laughs> Straight back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, bro, mimosas with strawberry Pop-Tarts? Dude, you know. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Well, all right. I'm sure you weren't doing that as a kid, despite no. the fact that that sounds like a tremendous idea. That'd be, hor- that'd be horrible parenting on my part, which, or my parents' part, which was not there. So, anyways, <laughs> I would have chocolate Pop-Tarts, so like the chocolate fudge, cookies and cream, hot fudge sundae, chocolate chip, all that shit. I would have that with yeah. a glass of milk, right? Because, like, that's – it's naturally. chocolate. It's like a cookie, naturally. I would have okay. my cherry, blueberry – Wildberry and strawberry pop tarts, all with OJ. And I couldn't have it any other way. I was that kid. Like I was that picky. Like I had them dripped into so, categories with juice. Here's the milk. fun question for you. We all know you dunked the pop tart into the milk. No, Please no, never, 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 you didn't never. Dunk it in the milk? Oh no, no, no! No, I, no, 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 no! Hold on, hold the phone, hold the phone. Why to the good people? We all know you dunked it in milk. I did. Come on. I did. But I know where you were going with this question. No, I did not dunk Pop-Tarts in orange juice. Jeez Louise. Who knew we were going to get fired up about Pop-Tarts? You're trying to lie your way out of this podcast. Bro, no. I was prepared for the next. I was prepared for the next question. Unlike the White House. I was actually not ready to. Ah. Got him. The shots are being fired. <laughs> Today we, we are ruthless. Back of the podcast. Good lord. <sighs> Chaos. <laughs> Chaos on the podcast. 81. How are they going to make it to 82? I don't know. But no, oh. I, was, I was prepared All right. for the next now question. Now let me circle back to the next question. Now, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, now that you've killed my voice. <laughs> Please tell me you dunked Pop-Tarts in orange juice. No, I did not. Oh, come on. How is it a ritual if you're not dunking it in the drink? Dude, because it's orange juice. I'm not a psycho. What's wrong with orange juice and Pop-Tarts? Bro, what? Did you dunk them in orange juice? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. But I mean, if it's a ritual, I didn't drink them with orange or eat them with orange oh, juice. Oh, my God. No, it was. But I'm just saying if it's like your ritual. Part of the whole thing about no. Pop-Tarts is dunking it in the beverage. No. Because no. there's nothing better than a good old-fashioned hot uh, Sunday Pop-Tart dunked in milk. Okay, so let me ask you this question then. <laughs> Did you put, like, your hot fudge sundae, your cookies and cream, your chocolate fudge in the freezer to harden so you could eat it like that? 
No. Straight oh, out so. of the package. Wait, what? You you never put them in the freezer, bro? No. Dude. No. We life, ain't living that fancy life. Buddy. Life changing is no, this isn't a fancy I've life. Them, this is I a discovery. In the, uh, oh no. in the microwave. Yeah, the toaster. Boy, we're having a hell of a time. <laughs> microwave. Uh we put them in the toaster. <laughs> I've done that like twice ever. Like I am just oh. to open the box, crack open the package. And either you dunk them in milk or you just say, we're going plain Jane today. Either way, works good. Tastes good. Dude, you need to try a cookies and cream Pop-Tart in the freezer. Just put it in the fridge for a couple – or freezer for a couple hours, maybe overnight, and just It's going it. to be like eating rocks. No, it's not. How the hell am I going to be able to eat that when I take it out of there? Let it sit out for five or ten minutes. That's what I did. It's like doing ice cream, bro. It's like just sitting there and just putting it out. You just let it sit. I don't buy this one bit. Don't, no, dude. Life-changing. It'll change your life. Do it. I feel like I feel like you uh, have set this segment up so perfectly. Of, I thought the flavors was going to be where we were off the rail. <laughs> you putting Pop-Tarts in the freezer. <laughs> So what? let me ask you this, bro. Do you, you can't take them out of the package, oh, and no. then you just freeze the whole package, or do you like set them on a plate in the freezer? No, you put the package of the pop tarts in the freezer, so I can just throw the whole damn box in there and call it a day. Yes. And okay, what's the flavor enhancement of doing it that way? For the cookies and cream, it was honestly kind of like eating a mini ice cream cone in the morning. Chocolate fudge, it was the same way, dude. Hot fudge Sunday, come on, bro. It's in the name. It's a hot fudge Sunday. Put it in the and freezer. And that's why we put it in the ice cold freezer. Dude. Come on, hot fudge Sunday. Okay, anywhere hold on. There on. Say ice cold freezer fudge Sunday. What's ice it cream? What hot is... fudge Sunday. Bro, One more time is... for those that aren't listening. Hot fudge Sunday. What is ice cream, dude? You put ice cream hot in the freezer. Hot fudge Sunday. Put ice cream in the freezer. Hot fudge <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> oh. oh, there's so many good so, things we're gonna get out of okay, the freezer. Okay, here we go. Now we're gonna go flavor by flavor for a few here. Oh my! And let's right. see what's fair game to put in the freezer <laughs> and what's not. All right, run it. Let's start with Eggo. I've never had the Eggo one, so I'm going to go with... I would actually probably say that Eggo Pop-Tarts in the freezer, fair game. I was going to say, you better say yes to start this off with a bang. Okay, there's yes. We agree on that one. What about blueberry? No, not fair game. So what about cherry? I'm going to sense a pattern here. No. Grape? No. So what I'm sensing here is it's got to be a sugary flavor instead of a fruit flavor it's got yeah it's got to have like a hint so of like chocolate boston cream donut brown sugar cinnamon no chocolate chip the chocolate fudge confetti and cookies and cream are all fair game boston cream donut no oh my god what of all the flavors that's about the only one that's like makes sense makes sense all the chocolate ones, dude. Chocolate chip, chocolate fudge, cookies and cream. You put them in the freezer, you get like a little frozen cookie, like an ice cream sandwich. Done deal. Done. What about s'mores? S'mores? Absolutely, dude. 
What about unfrosted strawberry? That doesn't even need to be a thing, so why are we questioning it? Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. You heard it here first. What about minis or the bites or whatever the hell you call them? I've actually what's never the, tried to put what's those. The popping on the freezer when it comes to the bites. What's the protocol there? I never tried to put those in a freezer, but my mom would always put them in my lunchbox to school because that it was like it was more. I don't know. I was trying to be politically correct at school when eating my Pop-Tarts because I didn't want to just whip out like a whole entire Pop-Tart sleeve and have a breakfast at lunch. So I just had like the little snacks because they were like cookies. <coughs> this podcast went from. So here's the thing. Jeez. This podcast went from what to what? Yeah, no shit. <coughs> that was a question. This podcast went oh. from what to what? As I take a sip. This podcast went from just like, I don't even, dude, to be honest, I don't even know. So hold on here. I feel like, like this whole thing's just unhinged as all get out. Dude, okay. But, so here's my question to you. I, hold on. Let me, point this, case, let me point this out. I'm looking at the reviews here on Pop-Tarts on this website, and it said the Frosted Boston Cream Donut Pop-Tart has a five-star review, right? There's, oh, yeah. There's only one one review on it. Yeah, you're looking at these reviews, and they're all over the place. I mean, Chocolate Fudge uh, having six being four stars is a travesty. Do, How the hell is six people reviewed it, and 181 are like blueberries, the bee's knees. 396 <laughs> said brown sugar cinnamon are like elite, which, you know, I'm not saying they're wrong. Give me the freaking like, Wildberry Pop-Tarts with 72 reviews. At least it's a general audience at 47. 336 for strawberry. It's generic, bro. Everybody loves it, strawberry Pop-Tarts. Delicious. It is delicious. It is. I won't don't give it that. Don't slander strawberry like that. Dude, I don't slam Pop-Tarts. I was a kid that grew up with a childhood. Come on <laughs> now. That's what she said. I don't know what the back part of that was, but I don't <laughs> slam Pop-Tarts. The shit's too easy. All right, back to my question. What? For bites, for bites, if the flavor matches a regular Pop-Tart, i.e. a chocolatey fudge, is it a presumed freezable Pop-Tart? I'm going to go with it, yes. So, like, strawberry banana, strawberry or no-go, frosted cinnamon, frosted confetti, brown sugar cinnamon, and frosted chocolate are probably game, and blueberry is probably a no because it's uh, fruit flavor. I'm going to go with yes. All right, well, there we conf- go. I Dude, wanted to see frosted confetti pop-tarts. Oh, I've never actually had. Honestly, oh god, let's see what one of these seven oh, one-star uses. So we're looking at because I was morbidly curious: strawberry banana bites, which doesn't sound very appealing. Uh, Eleven months ago, Ohio Buckeye gal, shout out from Cleveland, Ohio. What? I'm just going to read the main uh, headline for these one-star reviews: artificial taste. That's what her one-star review is. Uh, the banana Pop-Tart, strawberry banana Pop-Tarts missed the mark. A very bright yellow color is a bit strange to start, and the taste is just not right. Uh, retail nurse from Alabama says, dry and disgusting. I received a free box of Pop-Tart bites, baked pastry bites. Don't know why you needed to make it that wordy. In the flavor of strawberry banana, this seems like a meme now. Uh, to sample and review was extremely disappointed after tasting them. Uh, Misty and Chris from Oklahoma, one star review said gross. Sparky from Pennsylvania said not great. There you go. Damn. 
So the strawberry banana pop tarts, not on Overall, the list. Overall, four and a half stars. Got to give them props, but that is uh, 159 five star, um, and only seven one star. But I just you got to read those one star comments because oh you know, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Sometimes. Oh, this podcast went from talking about sports to we decided we wanted to make this podcast random for you guys. And apparently we couldn't have made this more random than just randomly going on about Pop-Tarts for literally the last 30 minutes. So that, yeah, that's us. Welcome to it. If you guys are new to the show, otherwise... Are we good on the Pop-Tarts, gang? Have we gotten the freezer, the juices, and the milk worked out of just where it goes with what? That. I mean, we learned a lot. Uh, we debated a lot. You can't do more than that. All right. Well, then, I think it's time to move on to the main source of our conversation, which is probably only going to be two, two aspects of it today. Because we've got one that we're super, super excited about. And actually, we've got two that we're super excited about. We'll lead off with the first one here. Because JC and his devils are kind of on a, what some would call a, quote, hot streak. As well are my Panthers. (laughs) Even though Nick only apparently watches them when they hit the playoffs because we have not developed into a full hockey fan yet. Which is facts. Which I will take. I will take full burn for. I will you know, take you it. only started watching the first round series, actually listening to it in like game six. So yeah, I mean, no, you're I, absolutely right on both. Accounts. I started watching the game in game six. I was keeping up with yeah, the score exactly. when they play. No, I was still keeping Scoreboard up with scores. watching doesn't count. I know. Well, okay. <clears throat> I'll give you that. Yes. If you're a scoreboard watcher and then keep until the playoffs, I fit in that category for you now. But just keep in mind, I'm not going to stay there for long. Cause, and, yes, you can call me a bandwagon for what, what it is. That's what he said at the end of last season as well. That is. That and is. Uh, this season hasn't changed one bit. But, I so mean, if you're a scoreboard watch, if you're like RC for the Ravens, <laughs> where you openly don't give a shit about them until they make the playoffs, you know, I guess that's your forte. More power to you. And then you take but, their you one know. loss in overtime as a tie, and you don't count it as a full loss, too. So. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's Vegas losing to the Devils. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, Vegas, Vegas fans were none too pleased about that. And that leads us perfectly into our next uh, little, little segue here. Rust. Devils may have a goalie tandem for the first time all season. Nico Dawes, Akira Schmid. Notice who I'm not talking about with those two goalies. For the people in the back. Okay, I was going to say, for the people in the back, like, let's bring in some context. The, uh, I mean, we hear the X-Files theme on your behalf when we're talking about this. Vitek Vanacek has been out. Overtime loss to the Hurricanes. Uh, Vitek was in that, played well, notably. Dawes has come in. The Devils beat the Kraken. The Devils beat the Predators. Two nice wins. Multiply that by the fact this team, for what I believe is the second time all year, has won both games of a back-to-back. They hadn't won in Nashville in regulation since 2009. You're they kidding They get me. it done. Holy I'm not shit. kidding. I mean, it's like they're in St. Louis in the Midwest. We just don't play well. Good Lord. They get it done on the road in the back half of a back-to-back. Jack Hughes is back. 
The goaltending seems to be better. Nico Dawes, when he's been in, it seemed throughout the year, I thought like a viable option, Akira Schmidt's back. Devils, there's a lot of season left. As the season sits right now, would be somehow, some way to count them, one, two points out of a wild card spot. Can I? Can Four I make points a, out of the top wild card spot. Can I make a statement here? Because I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the Devils' schedule right now, and I'm going through mm-hmm. when you got Dawes and when you got Vanacek, right? Mm-hmm. Um, granted, Vanacek has a win in here, but from the Capitals on January third all the way down to Nashville as of yesterday, Dawes does not allow or does not allow more. Then, honestly, in all of his last performances, besides one, I will give him more than two goals mm-hmm. in the in the back of the net. And Vanacek is two plus every single week. So, in all honesty, like you have a valid point there, and that's that's me being trying to get some input here on this. But as I'm looking at it, it's like it. I don't know why they haven't made that switch sooner of just putting him in back to backs. Well, it's one of those deals where. I think the front office is trying to figure out what to do. I'm at a point now at this season because I feel like there's only so much. I don't, I mean, right now you're six points out of a division race. I feel as though trading for a goalie for a um, rental goalie, if you will, and giving away young pieces for it. At this point of the move, having played 52 of your 82 games, ain't it? You're going to have to get somebody, A, long-term, or B, say, we've made it this far without needing to trade. Let Schmid, let Dawes do their thing. Will it be rocky? Probably. But here's the thing. The whole season's been rocky. Mm-hmm. The whole season's been, you don't win more than three in a row, and you don't use uh, lose more than three in a row. It's been, we're about 500. We're 27, 21, and four. So for those that uh, do the quick math there, we're 27 and 25. So you're, you're a 500 team. But like I said, you're right on the brink of that playoff spot. Granted, you know, at this point, we would get Boston if we did make a playoff spot. But the thing right now is, I don't think there's a situation where I would want to give up so the, the player that's been talked about a lot is Alexander Holtz. And I don't really want to give up Alexander Holtz. I mean, uh, Soros has been a goalie that's been talked about. Markstrom's been talked about. Uh, Merzlikens has been talked about. I mean, out of those three, I don't. there's not one that I'd be like, all right, let's just give the farm to get this guy. I mean, at this point, it's going to have to be somebody young. And I, I don't know. Like we, we watched last year in the playoffs what a Kira Schmid can be. Mm-hmm. There's been various points in the regular season where we've seen what Nico Dawes can be. And I'm not saying I'm punting on the season because the potential is there to get hot. I mean, realistically, if you play it out and the Devils win both games they have on Philly, which isn't if, you're only two points out of third in the division. So, like, you're, you're hanging around, but yeah. I don't know. I, at this point, I just don't 
the upside's not there to get rid of young pieces to get a goalie that's a rental. Yeah, you don't want to be kind of like how the Arizona Diamondbacks have beat, where they've given up more than they can chew out of that. And, I mean, one, if you look at how the last year's playoff run went, I mean, it was still there with the talent that you had. And from my perspective, from how we've been talking, some, most of the talent has still been there on the Devils. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Other than it's been injured. Yes. You know, you, at the end of the season last year, you moved Ryan Graves. Uh, you moved Miles Wood. You moved Damon Severson. You pick up Tyler Toffoli from Calgary, which is a huge pickup. The, the, the beginning of the year is when you really saw what that line could be. I mean, when you have Hughes and Toffoli out there at the same time, Alexander Holtz has gotten better. As a collective, if they can stay out there and be healthy, they're pretty damn solid. You know, this year, I think, like I said, I mean, this team could get white hot in the playoffs. We saw that last year with Florida, where you go in as a wild card and Mm -hmm. Boston overlooks the hell out of you, which that's why I feel like not a lot of people are saying Boston's a runaway from the East. A, Florida's two points behind them. B, I feel like after last year, there's not a lot of people going in with a whole lot of fear of them. C, the Rangers have been really good down the stretch as well. Pains me to say that. But I think that race for the Atlantic Division uh, title is going to be super fascinating because, to me, Florida seems like the better team. I mean, you've got Bobrovsky in that. You've got a, a strong lineup. I'm not saying Boston's bad, but it's going to be interesting because the way this thing pencils out, there's a possibility of, Toronto and Boston for a wild card series, or you could have the Devils, Boston, Devils, Florida, Florida, Toronto. I mean, it, a Florida, Toronto first round wild card or first round playoff series would go nuts because Florida beat the hell out of them last year. Mm-hmm. Toronto fans chanted that we want Florida to and win. They got anybody, Florida, baby. anybody watching the sport all year goes, do you though? Because no. there's like there's some teams that like. You would play well. Like, I feel like if Florida and the Devils played, if, they, if the Devils are healthy, I'm not saying we beat Florida, but I'm saying we give ourselves a chance. Yeah. Because we've played Florida well this year. Playoff hockey is a whole different ballgame. We saw that last year in the first two games of the Rangers. Playoff, the young playoff anything. Playoff anything is a whole different ballgame. It doesn't even matter about hockey, baseball, basketball, football. Playoff oh, yeah. ho- playoff anything is just there. there is something about having – Something on the line that puts you there. And, I mean, I'll even say it to you that say it to you last year with the limited amount of hockey knowledge that I knew when I came into the Devil Series, I was like, yeah, Florida might get get a little bit of some some tenseness, and they might choke that one out. As a Florida fan, I was going with it. They pulled that one out. The Hurricanes, as well as they were playing last year, I was thinking the same thing, and then all of a sudden. Here they came into Vegas, and I was like, all right, yeah, this team's got it. Yeah, and then that is when it proved me wrong. But at the same time, it's like you got to look at how the Devils have been playing, though. I mean, considering the fact that they're now two back-to-backs, which they have not done, looking at their schedule here, yep. they have they not done in a hot minute. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the last time it's been. It's probably been November, December, December, probably. December 29th from what I'm looking at. Actually, no. January 3rd and 5th is their last. That's not a back-to-back. Well, okay, never mind then. Back-to-back has to be like 
if we're going today, it would be the 14th or 15th. Never mind. I don't even like know what that is back yet. To back I'm looking. I'm looking yeah, at their exactly. schedule. Yeah, it would probably. Nope. Oh. Yeah. No, they really haven't had. They really haven't had a back to back. They really haven't had a back to back. Honestly, from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. No. So they, never mind. They, uh, you're, yep. You're on one. I tried to be yeah, smart. Now I'm looking back failed. out of sheer, sheer curiosity. Because. Boy, this this is depressing. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Oh yeah. But at the same fact, you got Hughes back, which is huge for you guys. And if you can keep Dawes in the back of the net there, that'll stop or that'll help you kind of hopefully run run things a little bit better on the offensive side. Because I mean, in the last two games, Hughes is or excuse me, Dawes has only allowed three goals, which is pretty much the and most that's he's another actually allowed. Thing. In, that's in a the game. other thing is when you look at his play, they finally have gotten a goalie that doesn't allow go- I mean, let's be real. Last night in the game against the Predators, Curtis Lazar defensively absolutely kept a goal out of the net. Absolutely put his body on the line and, and made a play. But that's what this team has to do. I mean, this has to be part of the game. It, it's been there at points. But I'll tell you what, Lazar has been tremendous. I mean, uh, we saw, I saw him in the uh, – uh, Devils Blues game down in St. Louis score an absolutely insane off balance shot. I think he scored two against Vegas in Newark. I mean, the guy is good, and that play last night. I mean, yeah, you can't ask for more out of that. Also, I'm looking for a back to back, and I, I know we've he won one. It. But I can't find it because every single time the front end's a win and the back end's a loss. That's and that's what I was saying. It was like I couldn't really find one, and then I realized that I wasn't going on back to back dates. But at the same time, I mean, the closest thing that I had back to back was only a day in spread. So, but I w- I will say this. So looking at the Devils' schedule for the remainder of, let's go with the month of February here, because you got some tough opponents. You got the Kings coming up tomorrow. Our back or, half loaded. Yeah, you got the Kings coming up pretty much today when this podcast gets out, hopefully, whenever Nick gets it to JC, which should be tonight. You got the Kings throwing it back over. You got the Flyers, Capitals. You got the Rangers. And then you got Montreal, Tampa, <laughs> San Jose. So, I mean, you still got the Panthers one more time on Mar- in March. But, I mean, for February, I mean, your schedule's kind of sitting there at a little bit of a heavy spot from what it looks like. But every team can get hot when they are, and it seems like the Devils, knock on wood, hopefully not to ruin J.C.'s chances because I don't want to see that ever. The Devils the Devils can actually still make a run, but I will agree with you. If you can keep Dawes in the net from what it looks like statistically, on paper, Dawes is better. And the thing about it is it's not just keeping Dawes in net. It's getting Schmidt into the game plan or Vanacek or whoever your second goalie is going to be. Get them to play well. Yeah. Because it's not been happening consistently. Also, I'm thinking the back-to-back thing is uh, this may be the first one. I think we probably lost one in overtime somewhere. Damn. But I am not seeing a back-to-back that we actually – oh, there we go. No, nope, that's one. what we just played. Never mind. I'm an absolute moron. Never mind. Um, I was going to say February 12th and 13th, we beat the Kraken and the Preds. Woo! Bloody and then you were going to go, February. wait, 
wait a second. That was yesterday and the day before. Yeah, anyway. Big game coming up Saturday for us, too. That stadium series in East, East Rutherford uh, against the Flyers. Nightcap game should be fun. Looked at going to this. Decided against it. Um, I am curious as we're uh, looking at this here. See if it'll type. Big game against the Flyers, though. With there we the go. Um, snow on Saturday, mainly before 10 a.m. Are you thinking High about 38, flying? Low 21. No, I'm talking about the, temp, uh, the stuff for Saturday. I didn't think about it like when it first came out, but Oof. I, I, go like, see oh, the, I go see the Devils play in Vegas and Arizona in March. So oh, okay. You can't you can't do them all. No, you can't. You can try, but you're not going to be able to do them all. Oh. But yeah, that stadium series game, and then like you talked about, I mean, the rest of this month, I mean, the Kings yes. who have slouched, but it's the Kings, so you can't discount them. The Capitals, who I don't think are very good, they haven't played well against them. Then you go at home, Rangers, Canadians, Tampa. On paper, you should win two of the three. We've lost to every single one of those teams. And then we go to San Jose, a team that is awful. Watch them against the Winnipeg Jets tonight. They're terrible. But you know what they did? They hung six on the Devils and beat the dog dog shit out of us. So that's a team you can't overlook. But it starts see, today, tomorrow, whatever. And see, that's the thing that you gotta, you got to look at, too, in sports. is When you come to it, like teams will be... As they, as the kids say nowadays, dog water against them. Because I mean that that saying hasn't come around since fucking uh, what? I don't even know. Got to mark this one explicit. Sorry, even though we dropped an f bomb within the first like six minutes of the show, even though we're used to that one. But I will say though, it's like we were talking about it at the office, and this was more for like the football aspect. It seems like some teams honestly kind of play down to their competition, oh, but at the same absolutely. time, it's like. I have a hit or miss opinion on that. I, It's more or less like, yes, you can play down to it because it's like, oh, yeah, you expect you're going to win. But you're Which, pro athlete. Yeah. It's like once you get to that level of it, it's like, okay, you got to expect that everybody else in the league. It's the same thing that we ask every single year of how can a team like the the Oakland A's or whoever the worst team in the NHL is, how can you have a team of professional athletes, we'll throw we'll throw Columbus in there because they're the first team that I looked at for the for the NHL. Sharks. How, the Sharks. Sharks. All right, perfect, great for the topic. How can the Sharks be so bad when you have a team that can literally they've been skating since they've come out of the damn womb at this point? Like you've had hockey players for years. How can you be this bad? But at the same time, it's like. Sports is sports. I mean, you get actually technically the Blackhawks are the worst team in the damn league. Oh my god, fourteen and thirty-six. Somebody get this man some help. But no, there's. I personally, I think that if you get on a hot streak, especially what we've seen in hockey, though, if you can get on a hot streak. You're kind of riding for a little bit, even if you lose a step or two, kind of along that. I feel like you can still ride it pretty well. 
Like, this is the one sport that I think you can be a little bit consistent in. Because, I mean, look at baseball. Baseball, if you get on a hot streak, as soon as a couple of people start hitting wrong, it's like you're a little bit out. You can still have a goalie. You can still have defenders back. So, I mean. Also, going back to the you can write it out comment. That oh, is God. Also, you talked about it, but the March schedule is brutal. Loaded for brutal the Devils. Brutal for the Loaded Devils. for the Devils. They start with Anaheim, a team on paper we should beat. We've lost two. Then you go Kings. They'll be tough. Florida. It, it, be, <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Dying. Excuse me. Florida. Oh, you're not lying. Florida feels like the type of game that is a toss game because the first time Florida put four in a row before almost blowing the game, the Devils handled them last time. If the Devils are playing well, they'll beat Florida. Then St. Louis comes to town. We talk about St. Louis and how the Devils don't ever win there. That game's sketchy at best. Carolina, New York, Dallas, Arizona, Vegas, every other day through the middle of the month. Rangers is a rivalry game. That's tough. Dallas, we don't play well against. Arizona will be interesting to see exactly what we get out of there. Vegas, I'll be honest with you, that series is kind of, it's not a rivalry, but it's one of those games, every single time the teams match up, it's going to be a one-goal game, an overtime game, or a two-goal game with an empty net late. Then you go Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, Ottawa, New York, Toronto, Buffalo. Now you'll notice there's a sliding scale in that last group. Pittsburgh's not good. Winnipeg's good. Ottawa's not good. Islanders are mid. Toronto's questionable at best. Then Buffalo is terrible. So March is going to be murderer's row. Uh, then you get to April. <laughs> then you get to April. Things slow down a little bit. Uh, you get a home and home with Toronto in there. But if you can get through March and – Looking at it here, you've got one, maybe if the computer will scroll, one, five, eight, ten, twelve, fifteen games. I feel like if you can get out of the month of March, out of fifteen games, going seven, four, and four, you're probably in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're obviously not going to sweep the, the table. I mean... The Devils play good on the road, so that stretch where you go Rangers, Dallas, Arizona, Vegas is is interesting in that front. But at some point, you got to defend your home barn, and that's something the Devils severely need to do uh, this year. 12-12-2 at home, 15-9-2 on the road. Which so, is shocking because you wouldn't expect a team to have such a – Washed I mean, home they record. were dynamite on the road last year, too. I know, but still, I mean, we well, were dynamite on the road. I will say, if you can win on the road, you're a lethal team, but you got to be able to still pull wins oh, out at yeah. home. You cannot be but even you, at home. Yeah, yeah, but here's, like you said, if you're in the playoffs, you can't give away, you know, you can give away one home game if you're good enough on the road, but you can't just fold like a lawn chair at home. Yeah, if you're... You have to... Home but, should be where the, the cooking happens, man. But at the same That's time, you if, should be playing your style of hockey and your crowd's into it, you're into it, and it's time to go. At the same time, though, if you can win on the road, that puts a lot more pressure on somebody else in the playoffs because, I mean, shit, you look at the Devils, if they're one of the best teams on the road in the NHL, 
you can flip a script just like that, and then if you get that momentum, you can pull it back too, and fans are hyped up behind you. You get one good game, and you're you're sitting pretty looking at a good spot in the finals. So You look at some of the best teams in the – Look at Boston last win. year. Like not to not to throw a Panthers rip in there, but look at Boston last year. Look at Vegas. Mm. Or look at the Vegas Winnipeg series. Winnipeg was rocking. Vegas came in there, did it. It look only takes Florida one. and Boston. Yeah, it only takes one. It Carolina. Only takes one. I mean shit. It only takes one win, like you said, to to prove it all on the road and at home. So if you can you get a look at get a win. Road wins. Devils have 15. Teams in similar category. Flyers with 15. Rangers with 16. Florida with 18. Uh, Boston with 15. If you look at the West, 16 for Dallas. 18 for Winnipeg. uh, 15 for the Kings. The Kings are another one that's spicy in that wild card race. They haven't been playing great, but they're a team that's going to, if they get to the playoffs, watch out for the Kings. They're going to be a tough first-round match. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. We look at Florida. We've talked about it. They've won three in a row. They go on a back-to-back. They play Buffalo today on the 15th. Uh, Tampa on Saturday. And then they're a battle of the Kachucks on the 20th, 22nd. And they are at Carolina, 24th. Caps, 27. Buffalo, 29. Uh, Canadians, uh Good solid month there. I mean, you only go on the road four times. You're at home, which you've gone two and one to start with uh, seven times in the month. Uh, you turn the calendar over to March. Tough back-to-back in the first week of March. You go at Rangers on the fourth, at Devils on the fifth. If the Rangers are playing well and if the Devils are playing well, it could be tough. Uh, that's your only back-to-back for the month there, though, and that's not something that seems to have bothered Florida as much. Taking a look at the standings, talked about it. Eastern Atlantic, top three, Boston, Florida, Tampa, Metro, top three, Rangers, Hurricanes, Flyers, Leafs, and Wings, Wild Card one and two, Devils two points out of the wild card race. Matchups at the season end of the day, not a lot of change. Uh, Detroit would get Boston, Toronto would get the Rangers, Phillies, Phillies, Flyers and Hurricanes would battle, Uh, Panthers and Lightning would battle. I I wouldn't count Florida out of that race to win the Atlantic, Uh, just two points back. Over on the west side of things, Central Division, Stars, Avalanche, Jets, Pacific, Canucks, Knights, and Oilers. Kings and Blues, the two wildcard teams, we talked about it before, the drop-off in the West is much, much more significant than it is on the East. However, it does seem like your top-tier teams, Canucks, Stars, uh, Jets, Vancouver, Knights, if it's a good day, Edmonton, if it's a good day, I think the top end of the West is better, but that could help the East because – Look at the first round matchups you have. Mm-hmm. Blues would roll into Dallas. Canucks would get the Kings. Vegas would get Edmonton. Colorado would get Winnipeg. There are a number of round matchups there. Kings, Canucks would be good. Mm-hmm. Vegas, Edmonton. That's McDavid has that on his calendar the whole offseason. 
You can tell by the way Edmonton, well, they don't match up well against Vegas, typically. And they didn't match up well against the Kings either. And that got them all pissed. That is the series Connor McDavid has been training all offseason for. That has not been a secret. The Golden Knights are the thorn in the side of Edmonton. But the Golden Knights can be the savior to shutting Canada out again. When we looked at if you look at the first two rounds, Vegas gets Edmonton. Edmonton's going to be a team to watch out for in the playoffs. If they win, they get Vancouver. And if they win, they could get Winnipeg. They could get three Canadian teams if they run it back and win the West. But let me tell you something. They're going to have to get past Edmonton first because in the regular season it hasn't translated. But there's something that tells me there's going to be a little extra zest if those teams get it. And if it's in Vegas for Game 7, give me Vegas. If it's in Edmonton for Game 7, I'll have to get back to you on it because that would be <laughs> tremendously interesting. Kings-Canucks would be another one for me that nobody, despite the Canucks, walking the dog on the Pacific right now. They're up 10 on Vegas, and they've only played one more game. They are up 10 points on Vegas. They're a plus 58. They're 18-4-2 at home. They're 18-8-4 on the road. The splits are good. The Kings feel like they could be an interesting first-round matchup as another Pacific versus Pacific matchup. But that's a breakdown of the matchups and uh, where everybody sits. The NHL playoffs are going to be hot. Red, red hot. Because, I mean, we talked about Edmonton going on that huge win streak and getting themselves back into it. So, and, and they're, current, they're currently eight out of the last streak. They won 16 in a row. You know who number 17 was? Vegas. Yeah. So, I mean, you throw that in the I mean, list there. I can tell you uh, my opinion of what Vegas can do doesn't make you happy, and it shouldn't after the dismantling they did to your team. But it, it just – and it depends. I mean, who's on that roster and who's not hurt like it does for everybody else. But then they feel like a team that could really get things going. And, I mean, if you look at the East, I mean – Boston on a good day can make a run. Florida, I don't even think it has to be a good day. Florida can make a run. The Rangers have been in kind of cruise control leading the Metro. Uh, The wild card teams, there's not really one at the moment between Toronto and Detroit that I think can really get get a crack at uh, either the Rangers or Boston. But a lot of fascinating uh, stuff and a lot of fascinating hockey before we get to uh, the end of April, beginning of May when the playoffs start. Well, it'll be a big road. And it's a long, it's still a long road ahead because, I mean, there's a couple of months here left Our to go. It's going to be a hoot. Devils fans are either going to be flying high into April or our entire season will be crushed in the span of 15 games. Flying high in April and down on in May. But you know what we do have looking for us, folks? Because we'll still talk about college basketball later. This is more important than college basketball. This is the sport we dream of. It's the American dream right here. Folks, baseball is officially back. And by God, is it back in full swing because... TikTok has been blowing up. Pitchers and catchers report or report for report report for spring training this week, and 
holy shit, I don't think I could ever be so, like, there are years where I'll say, like, I'm so, <laughs> you good? Don't mind me. I'm trying to cover the mic, but I don't think it's doing anything. You're good. I'm just making sure you're not coughing up a damn lung. Oh, we're, we're uh, living large big charts, buddy. Never we, felt better. Well, <laughs> and, to be honest, I, I wasn't even sure we were talking about baseball on this show, but, like, I've got my Wrigleyville jersey on, which is the City Connect jersey for the Cubs, but it's a shirt, not a jersey. But we're back with baseball. Pitchers and catchers reported this week, and by God, the Dodgers pitching staff is still – Looking to win the regular season. Tyler Glass now. You got Sasaki. You got friggin' Shohei Otani. And then you look at everybody else around the league. The Yankees are looking at putting pinstripes on Juan Soto today, and they did that. And <laughs> Real talk. How the hell are you hearing that when my mic turned off? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, I'm, that that's a great. Your mic was turned off. Oh, it it sure was. <laughs> well, that was not turned off on this end. Probably because I have the phone uh, call still going. The, <laughs> I can tell by the <laughs> giant pause. <laughs> well, nonetheless. Folks, we got baseball back, and that brings the two of us joy because both of us are huge baseball fans on this podcast because both of our teams are probably one of the biggest parts of our of our lives when it comes to sports. But honestly, the Cubs have spent a little bit of money, not a whole lot. Cody Bellinger is still on the board with one of the biggest outfield prospects there. So that pains me to say... But when you look at other teams across the board, I mean, the Dodgers spent $1 billion within the span of a week to get Glasnow, Saki, and um, Shohei Otani. Then you got the Yankees were spending big money to get Juan Soto on that Murderer's Row lineup, which, granted, yes, I cannot call it Murderer's Row lineup because it was not the same back as it was in, like, the 1920s and 40s. But still at the same time, that's a big lineup when you add Judge, Soto, Stanton. That's huge. Now you still got other pitchers that are on the board as well. You got the Rangers trying to look to get back to it as well with their pitching staff. But, I mean, still, I don't know how excited you are, but we talked about it before the show. I personally, my uncle was texting me before the, or like a couple of weeks, month, about a month ago. He was saying that the Cubs are playing the Royals in Kansas City. I have personally never made it down to Coffin Stadium as much as a as my American League team is the Royals, because I'm so close to there, because Nebraska. But I have never made it down to Coffin Stadium. But I told my parents when I was having the conversation with them, I said, even if we all don't go, if you guys want to go, I will go 100% with you guys. But I will be damn sure if I don't go by myself to go see the Cubs play the Royals at Coffin Stadium for one last time, because the Royals just released their new plans for the markup of Kauffman Stadium, and I know you were saying that you were super excited to go see the the Blue Jays as well this year with the talented team that they have. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, when you look at the roster and, I mean, uh, you make the couple of off-season moves they do, uh, picking up uh, Turner. I mean, there's so many. When you look at new destinations I've never been to. Oh, yeah. I should yeah, say. I mean, everybody was kind of shit-talking the move, and I'm like, I don't hate it. I really don't, because it doesn't 
move a lot of money, and it's a veteran player, which, you know, we need three destinations on the old radar, Milwaukee, Chicago, and Arizona were the three on the list. I mean, if Milwaukee wasn't a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that'd be a little bit more likely. Chicago's a weekend series, which would be kind of cool. Uh, Arizona would be one to check off as well. Uh, so, yeah, we're dialed in. Got to see the Blue Jays. Probably we'll see them in good old Minnesota, the scene of the absolute slaughter from the playoffs. Uh, we'll get to relive the <laughs> tough sledding, man. And I should say it but was Yamamoto for the Dodgers, not Sasaki. I got that wrong. I would like to politically correct myself on that one. Sorry, go ahead. Go back to but that. in all seriousness, I mean, the, the Blue Jays, I was just telling you this. I'm to the point where – the delusion is there again. Yes. You know, everybody talks about how it's our year, this, that, and the other thing. But the the Blue Jays, who open up with a four-game series in Tampa, so you talk about going to a place you don't play well in. Uh, then they go at Tampa, at Houston, at New York. So we're going to know a lot about this team in the first, like, 12 games, seven or three, six, ten, ten games. But it's going to be a lot of fun. They go to Kansas City for a four-game series towards the end of April, which Kansas City's not been very good, so they should pick up some wins there. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. We'll have to do a schedule breakdown. I mean, there's a lot of interesting uh, series that you don't normally see. I mean, we talked about the Brewers, um, the, the Cubs, are on that list of teams that are a weekend series that you just, that the Blue Jays don't normally go to Wrigley. Uh, last year was Cincinnati and St. Louis. Um, the thing that's going to be interesting again this year, uh, the debate of where exactly Oakland's going. Yeah. Vegas we kind of told Oakland uh, to figure out a way to stay in Oakland, which is. Equal parts funny and equal parts sad, because I'm not going to lie to you, the prospect of going to Vegas for a weekend series of baseball while in Vegas is awesome. Yeah. I mean, even if it's the middle of the week series, you can justify picking off four days of vacation, three days of vacation, five days of vacation, whatever, to go see the Blue Jays in uh, in, uh, Vegas. But we'll see. I still think... I don't know who it'll be, but I feel like at some point Vegas is going to collect them all, and inevitably there will be a pro baseball team there. Just I don't know. I'm not sure if the A's are going to be the answer that we thought it was, but we will certainly see. Well, and I mean, I think the one thing that you have to look at, too, is you really have to kind of look at this from a standpoint of, the A's front office has not been the greatest in, in years, and we can all attest to this. I mean, granted, when you had the gut back in the early 2000s, I mean, that hurt the A's a lot. And when you had the the whole approach of we're going to try to win as best we can, it fit for a while when you had back, what was it, in 2015 when the Royals ended up winning the World Series. Um, I mean, you got your chance at, development there. And then 2015 after that, the A's dropped back off. So, I mean, you got to look at where does the farm system lie? I mean, because we've looked at teams in the past and we've talked about it on this show. You've got Arizona, who's 
who's normally a, as soon as we get a first-round draft pick, they're trading away. As soon as we get a first-round draft pick, we're trading away. It's like every other year it seems that a couple of first-round guys that were only two years, a year old in the minor leagues, they're out. Then you get guys like Dansby Swanson, who they kept for a little while, and then Dansby went to the Cubs. He went to the Braves. And then you look at how Baltimore has played this out. And they've played this, okay, we're going to build a farm system. And we're going to do this. And Baltimore, to me, has a very, very, very high chance of, and it won't sound good to J.C., but they have a good chance of winning the American League East. I mean, you look at how they were playing at the end of last year. The pickup of Corbin Burns was huge for for Baltimore as well on the pitching staff. But, I mean, you just look at how these bats are. I mean, you've got Gunnar Henderson. You've got Cedric, or Cedric Mullins. You still have Adley Rutschman. I mean, there's a lot of young talent on this Baltimore Orioles team that can still get them to a big playoff spot. The Oakland A's just haven't seen that in a while. I mean, they're dealing with old talent. They're still dealing with somewhat of a money ball aspect, in my opinion. But at the same time, it's like they've gone away from what they can potentially be. But I think if you're going to be Las Vegas, and I think you're going to be the people, like you said, there's going to be a franchise there at some point. Are you going to develop a new minor or a new major league baseball system and buy out a minor league farm team? Or are you going to actually take on somebody? I think the perfect team to take on and possibly get new management under would be Oakland. Because if you want somebody to build from the ground, I think Oakland's it. Because, I mean, you're not going to find anybody else that needs the help that that much. Because, I mean, Kansas City just signed Bobby Witt to a $288 million deal for 11 years. I mean, you're, you're looking at a lot of teams around the board that are still sitting pretty. Craig Council just went to the Cubs. The Blue Jays are still sitting pretty hot. And, granted, you're not going to get a team out of Canada, which, honestly, please do not get a team out of Canada. I love the fact that we have a team in Canada for America's game. That's funnier than hell. But on the look out of this, I mean, it's just, I think Oakland just needs something. They need something fresh. They need some new talent coming in, and they need to be able to keep a new talent, in my opinion. Yeah, no question. I mean, Oakland's been not good. <laughs> For a long time, yeah. and, uh, you know, that's uh, as funny as it is to, you know, the whole Oakland blows thing from a couple years ago. I mean, it was funny, but, like, as a league, that's tough. That's a tough yeah. look. I mean, when you think of other leagues, I mean, sure, you have your teams that are, you know, punching bags here and there, but it, it, it's not a year-in and year-out thing, typically. Yeah, I um, mean. So, yeah, that, that's rough. Well, unlike the AL Central, you got the White Sox and Kansas City normally somewhat sitting at the bottom. I mean, Kansas City has flip-flopped in between in the intermediate there. Um, Detroit has usually been the, the bottom team in the AL Central, which back in the mid-2000s, and like, or I should say late 2000s, was not a thing, but when they had Justin Verlander. But, I mean, you look at some of the teams around the league, and you're, I mean, you're questioning a lot about how Somewhere ran like the Rockies have fallen kind of, I will say on no pun intended from grace off the top of the mountain, but the Rockies were usually a team that you could say, okay, they were contenders for the wild card. They might drop out the next year. They'll be back. Like they'll flip flop here and there. The Rockies have been off the board. You look at the Cardinals last year, the Cardinals were still projected to win the NL central. They dropped off the board. You look at a team like Washington who felt the, um, World Series hangover way too hard 
and dropped off the board. And the Atlanta Braves have still kept consistent. You've got Houston, who has stayed consistent. Kansas City fell off that board. I mean, there are teams around the league that still go out there, but at the same time, you can you can put this on what happened within the span of a week. The salary cap is huge. That plays a huge part in it, in, in my opinion. I mean, the Dodgers spent one point, what was it, like $1.6 billion. Too much money, man. Yeah, and They sure. have set themselves up for, everybody made fun of them for winning the regular season. Yeah. If you thought that was bad, in my estimation, you you don't get to get the title to lose. Yeah. And be like, that's a, you have to, with the money you spent and the people you brought on, you have to win. And I'm not talking one either. No, you, you got to win multiple. To make it worth the amount of money you poured into a team that's already a continuous playoff team. Yeah. They dominate their division. They, they, they're they there towards the end of the playoffs every year. You got to make that next step or it absolutely was not worth the money. I mean, profit-wise, I mean, they'll probably make more because Otani is an absolute unit. Yeah. But – I mean, you, you, you're going to have to, I think, you know, we got to digest it a little bit more, but I think somewhere between two and four titles while he's there is kind of the number I'm landing on. because It's got to be multiple. I mean, I mean, I'm going with, you got to have a Yankees approach. You got to win six. Like, I mean, think about it. Cause here, here's the matter of the fact for the Dodgers. You got Freddie Freeman, Buki Betts, Add those, just those two alone. You got Turner. Then you got um, Shohei. You got Yamamoto, who is a rising star from the Japanese League, which also, fun fact, Stanford, for college baseball, just signed the, quote, Prince Fielder of Japan, who has a career so far in high school, 138 home runs in Japan. 138 I'm gonna let that number sink in for a second. In how a, many years? In a high school, I mean, he he's a high schooler. He's a yeah for a high schooler. He's got 138 home runs, and he just signed to Stanford wow. to commit for college baseball. So I mean, and then you you get Glass now as well. That's a huge arm to add to the bullpen for a third day starter, if not a second day. If Yamamoto kind of flip flops with him, because we all know Shohei's the number one. Add Will Smith at catching because Will Smith has been absolutely just well amazing. Isn't at Shohei position. not projected to be back pitching until twenty twenty five though? Yeah, he well at least yeah because I was late twenty four early twenty five. this is my other problem with how much money they spent is he won't even be pitching until twenty twenty five. Yeah, say late twenty twenty four at the earliest. Yeah, so I mean you I have. I mean he's good, but. You're banking on his A, you're banking on the fact that he'll want to pitch in 2025. Yeah, B, which is a huge you're factor. Banking on B, you're banking on the fact that he'll be as good as he has been. And, of course, you know, the offensive numbers is a gamble, but I don't know. It feels like one of those deals where it was flashy and headline-grabbing at the moment, but ultimately could be a disaster unless you win a whole bunch of titles here down the stretch. Which and I feel like this year for the MLB, the flashy headliners were kind of lighting up the board on free agency. Because I mean, a lot of teams still still made deals, but I mean, like I said, you got Bellinger still on the board, which was huge. Shohei Otani went from the Angels. Glass now <laughs> went from the Rays, which was 
uh, a huge loss of the pitching I mean, staff for better Tampa. Better out west than in Tampa. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, still, there's, and I, I will say this from looking at the stats from from Vegas and just looking at the stats all around, the Braves are still projected to win the the National League and get back into a potential World Series, which honestly is not far out because everybody is expecting, and this is a huge, huge thing on the talk of baseball, everybody's expecting Arizona to do what Arizona typically does and just drop back off the map, which is a valid thing, but at the same time, you have the experience level now from your young guys to be able to get to that point. And the way Arizona came off hot last year, is it going to be a fluke or is it going to be the same thing of just clutch hitting? So that's what you have to look at there. Texas is going to be one of the biggest stars to also kind of be on that radar of, okay, is it going to be the World Series hangover again, the Super Bowl hangover, all that playoff hangover shit that just kind of drops onto you. So, which... To me, I mean, Texas has kept the same thing. They just got to keep Scherzer, DeGrom. They got to keep pitching staff healthy, which, honestly, last year the bats were the biggest thing to be able to keep them in the in the World Series talk. So. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, uh, we'll talk more about uh, what we think will happen. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is certainly back upon us here. Blue Jays open up. The 24th of February, open up spring training when they take on a Philadelphia. Uh, they'll take a split squad matchup the next day against the Yankees, 26th against the Pirates, split squad with the Tigers, Rays, and Phillies wrap up the month of February. It's uh, about time, pitchers and catchers. First workout tomorrow, full squad workout on the 20th. I am here for it. Which also, can I say this, though? I've been looking at at bullpen videos out of the last couple of days. Oh, it's so good to just hear the sounds of baseball. Cleats scratching on the ground. Catcher's mitts popping. Fastballs buzzing. I mean, oh, my gosh. The sounds of spring. Like, and I'm a hunter, so, like, sounds of spring to me are turkeys gobbling. But as a as just a human, oh, the sounds of baseball are just so pure. Like, I mean, you can't beat it. Well, that and weather typically gets better with one of those things than yes, the other one of those things. And especially so, baseball, like spring training games start in less than a month. Like it, it's two weeks away. That was the thing I mm-hmm. really hadn't also put together yet is baseball starts for for MLB in just under two weeks. For college baseball, Games are starting this weekend. For D3, they're starting. Buena Vista Beavers are sitting at top of the American League Conference in preseason. College D1 baseball starts in less than a week here. Wake Forest is number one overall on that pick for preseason votes. The LSU Tigers are falling back to about the three spots. So, I mean, there's who are reigning national title winners. So, I mean, baseball is coming full swing. And I think, like I said before, both of us kind of have, we have a soft spots for all of our sports, but I think you and I are both huge baseball fans when it comes to that. So that's awesome. That it is. But with that, we have on this hour and 22 minutes, we have one more segment, which we are, as we've given JC plenty of shit about, we'll give him time to go grab his, Grab his boy. This is the Valentine Why do you have to say that so weird? Because I was trying to make another Valentine's Day pun, and I feel like I overrode it. Oh, God. Good night. 
Wow, you just slammed dunks on yourself. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what she said as well, I think. I'm supposed to slam dunk on that. We hope. Maybe. Uh, anyway, five badges for the old uh, JC here. Pokedex at 50. Pokemoney, $32,455. Oof. Stacked. Stacked straight. Cash. Stacked. Um, Poke Team. Jolteon has gotten fucking ripped. <laughs> ripped. Level 39, top class of a team right now. Damn. Level 39, Primate 33, Doug Trio 33, Growlithe 33, and Haunter 26 gotten ripped in there as well. Blastoise 38. I don't think Blastoise has legitimately done anything in like five episodes. <laughs> Jolteon. Pin Missile, Secret Power, Shockwave, and Quick Attack. Button clicking. Button clicking. Uh, very slow. I don't think Blastoise has had any change. Tackle, Water Gun, Bite, Surf. Haunter. We talked about Haunter. It's, it's kind of a dark horse at this point, no pun intended. Nightshade, Curse, Psychic, and Shadow Punch. Kind of solid for a level 26. Uh, good old Growlithe, Fight, Takedown, Ember, and Flame Wheel. I can't remember if that was in the last episode or not. Uh, Flame Wheel, a relatively new move there. Um, Doug Trio, Rock Tomb, Mud Slap, Cut Dig. And good old Primeape. Stout, Mega Punch, Strength, Brick Break, and Seismic Toss. So right now we're hanging out at the old... Uh, on Cinnabar Island, we're at Pokey Mansion. But that's kind of where the team sets right now. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, Jolteon's really been the one. Because, you know, you go through uh, the ocean when you're traveling the back part of this. It's kind of a no-brainer. You throw him up there. He shockwaves shit out of everybody. Um, level 39. Uh, highest hit point. 38, uh, Blastoise level 38 for 122, 39 for Jolteon, 104, and uh, nobody else has higher than 90. So we're going to have to do some grinding. Primeape and Growlithe are the main two. I mean, Haunter, I think, could do some damage here, uh, but that's kind of a look at that. As uh, That's kind of a summary of where we're at. Got a couple more of them uh, fancy badges and uh, made the magic happen there. As, uh, there you go. Hell yeah. Jolteon at the high. I like it. I love a good Jolteon. I think it's solid was like a solid eight levels over that span. So, yeah, we, we're just living, man. We are indeed living. And every day, every one of us is living. But with that, we are officially, unless either one of us two has... Another topic to go on or a rabbit hole to dive down. We've wasted an hour and 26, 20, almost an hour and 30 minutes of your guys' time. We say that every day because, or every episode because, yeah, we, we, we mean to cast the shit on that. And if you guys have listened through that at the first part of the podcast, then you guys understand where our brains are at by the end of this because we are both 
just bouncing off the walls. Monster brains. Yeah, no kidding. Especially with some also, of the weeks we Also, before we leave, I do have one thing. Go for it. Your boy picked up the fat W for the playoffs. A record of 7-6 and six after San Francisco choked. Um, yep. Nick ends up it. with a record of 5-8. and eight. Oh. So, your boy, who doesn't watch football, picked up that fat W in the playoffs. Was... You'll love to see it. Yep. That's all I got on that. The Kansas City Swifties end up winning the Super Bowl. Throw that little hotline out of the bus there. But, yeah, Kansas City and San Francisco. I just wanted to shout out the solid win by me. Didn't watch football all year. Bang, 7-6. 500, barely above it, never felt better. Ship it off to the bank, another dub for your boy. Yep. Kansas City wins another Super Bowl, by the way, in case anybody was curious. We held that one out of the show. But, yeah, J.C. ended up beating my I mean, I just that. had to bring up the record. I didn't, you know, the Super Bowl was what it was, and that's yeah. all she wrote. Somebody who doesn't play fantasy football and doesn't watch football every weekend just beats me out. So, Got him. Got there him. you go. No better way to wrap up episode 81 than that. <laughs> Make Nick feel like a piece of crap. But, anyhow, there, yeah, there's Nick's roast for the day. It finally gets back at it. We find a way to roast each other on the show. Sometimes, maybe, I will say, the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've been razzing JC a little bit more on accident, but on purpose. But also, the spot gets put into it. Come on, no (laughs) such thing. Well, I haven't talked about your car yet. Ah, well, let's leave that for episode 82. I I might have more memes you can dunk on. There we go. But anyhow, folks, we appreciate you guys listening to the end of the Covert Show. We appreciate you guys listening to all the episodes, whether you guys are new, old, however you guys have been along for the ride. We appreciate it one more time. Please make sure you guys check out all of our social medias at the Covert Show on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. We'll be posting hopefully this week. We've been having a, definitely on both sides of it, we've been having just a very busy week because spring cleaning is still in order for some of us as well as both of us, but I mean, I know for all of you guys' viewers as well. But thank you guys for listening to episode number 81 of The Covert Show, and we out. Peace.